Welcome everyone to this second Italian episode of the Caravan Tour of Terror, a show that finds us touring the globe through the medium of horrific, chilling and disturbing entertainment. My name's Donald and I'm the driver on this quest. Joining me at my side, as always, with a road atlas on his lap and a huge tumbler of scotch to quench his thirst is my navigator Ali. Say hello, Ali. Buongiorno, Donaldo. Lovely. We're at Seven Hills Camping, just outside Rome this time round, and we're continuing our journey into classic Italian horror cinema. This week it's Dario Argento's turn with his film Tenebre, set in a version of Rome that's much less pleasant than the one we're currently enjoying. Ali, please do us the honour of introducing Tenebre. So I'm going to call it Tenebre? Tenebre? Tenebre. I'm sticking with Tenebre. Because I did look up the word... Uh, and it's a, it's like a super, it's like a Catholic Easter ceremony. I'm sticking with Tenebre. I'm sure you are. Tenebre uh, <laughs> tells the story of Peter Neal, an American writer who gets involved in a series of murders around Rome as he is there for a kind of a book, uh, book tour. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the essential plot him helping the police in these murders you know because the murders are taking place um in a fashion that matches uh one of his books tenebrae tenebrae it all comes right tenebrae yeah i think the first murder the killer rips out pages of his book and stuffs them into the woman's mouth right so you know yeah yeah, while holding a, a knife in her like yeah, jaw, a straight it's razor. really horrible. Yeah it's, yeah, it's unpleasant. So obviously the the police are like, maybe we he's in town. Maybe we should go talk to him. <laughs> he's in town. <laughs> so yeah, the, the movie just starts off with him arriving in Rome. Well, it starts with the murder first. You get... Oh, well, actually, it starts with a shot of yeah. someone throwing the brand newest book... <laughs> You could ever see, like, straight out the cardboard box in the bookshop <laughs> into a fire. I, I just couldn't help but look at it and go, that book is so new. You're such new. a nitpicker from the very beginning. <laughs> no, like, it, it makes sense. It just, I was, it was more just the sense of waste for me. It was, because it is, it's not like, it's a new book. Yeah. It's a, it makes sense that it wouldn't be, you know, used over years and <laughs> scrawled in. It was just the fact that it was like, Oh, that book looks it's so, so weird. I never thought that at all. You're a maniac, uh, and that plays over the credits. No, I, it's not. It's not. A, it's just a thing that went through my head. That I was just like, it's, it's just like they've probably yeah. got a copy that they're going to use for the murders, but that one's just so like they bought one to burn. First thing I thought was, I recognised this musical theme and it drove me absolutely insane trying to remember where. It sounded like something like maybe uh, Daft Punk had sampled or LCD Sound System sampled. It's actually Justice in their song Phantom. It's a really good tune and it meant that, because I liked that tune when it came out. I don't even listen to a lot of that kind of music, but anyway, like I dig the theme of this movie because I didn't even realise it was a sample. So yeah. Just as an aside, it's by a band called Goblin. Italian prog rock group, apparently. They did a lot of themes for Argento's stuff. I have heard of Goblin theme. Before. I've not heard of Goblin before. Yeah, no way. But that this theme is rocking. I wish we could play a snippet now, but I'm, we're I'm... too fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah, that we'll get sued by Goblin. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put in like subliminally little bits throughout the thing. <laughs> All right, okay, rewind that, okay. First thing I noticed was when Peter Neal's at the airport, he gets called to the desk and then he goes uh-huh. to the desk, he pushes past people that are waiting, and he says, uh, I'm Peter He's I'm Peter Neal and she's like, Oh, go to that desk over there. He looks around, he literally looks to his left, right into a woman's eyes, drops his leather suitcase. And just walks off to the other desk for yeah, absolutely yeah. no fucking reason. <laughs> Little does he know that the, the bag gets fucked with later. Obviously, because it does. I don't... Oh, what a, yeah. Straight off the bat, a total wanker. <laughs> yeah, straight off... Yeah, I did, I, I did think that. He just puts down his bag. No, he drops his bag, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Doesn't care and about just it goes, I'm going over yeah. here now. And I was like, that's... <laughs> Pretty sure even then you didn't do that in an airport. <laughs> oh god. Uh but then he gets to his house hotel. hotel. I'm sure. Right. Well, wherever it is, the police have just let themselves in. Yeah. And have been waiting. They, they actually, as he shows up, they go, Oh, handy that we were just about I, to leave. You would have never known we were here. I, I think they were casing the joint a bit. Yeah. That's fine. Well, one was reclining. (laughs) Okay, they're enjoying themselves. (laughs) We're not paying for this bar tab. (laughs) There's a lovely scene. So, I mean, it's not spoilers to say murders happen, is it? So there's a lovely scene. (laughs) There's a lovely scene where this girl is uh, looking at Tenebre. She's got two copies of Tenebre in her hand in a shop. And I was like, what is she doing? And then she drops the one behind the one she's reading into her bag classic move goes to leave and then the store detective grabs her and then Ah. he takes her through to his back office and he looks in a paper ledger and says yes you've got an extensive history of criminal activity or whatever and just his big book of criminals written (laughs) journal i don't understand what that was it's his big it's the big book of criminals in rome that he's handwritten or something no they all have one right okay that's clearly (laughs) handwritten they phone round every time there's a new criminal <laughs> or an old criminal who gets a crime added to their list. Or it's like once a week they put out like an update and everyone <laughs> writes, writes it down. down. Over the phone. Yeah. They phone them it's, up and they write it down. Aha. Uh-huh. It's the stupidest <laughs> way to live. Like. So obviously he... She says she he's gonna throw the absolute book at her. <laughs> and then she says, Well, you know, we could come to some other arrangement. You could just come round to my house and have sex with me. I live here. And then she's like, You're not gay, are you? And he looks at her and goes, All right, wait, wait, yeah, okay. Where do you live? Right, okay, okay, yeah. see you later. Oh no, oh darn, she called me gay, I need to let her go. Oh, <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, she is that that's the same woman who on her way home. A homeless guy, a presumably homeless guy, he's that stereotypical homeless look about him in these films, grabs her through a fence and a chases vagrant. her Yeah, grabs her through a, like, a fence and tries to just randomly chase her ah. home. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally that noise. <laughs> like, like, like he's a goblin yeah. or an ogre or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say goblin, we'll get sued. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she, she gets spooked by this... Poor, the, this guy who's clearly just out spooking people. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you do. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he, 
she is the first victim where she gets uh, paper shoved in her oh, mouth. Is that wow. her? Right. Okay. I think that I'm is her. I'm conflating the book reading at the start with the yeah, bit of the book ripping. Uh-huh. There. I apologize. Yes, you're quite correct. I've watched this movie twice. You know, <laughs> still getting that wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and at this point it cuts pretty pretty um, starkly to just a scene of these young, handsome men hanging out on a beach with this young, beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's flirting with them, and then... She's doing more than flirting with them, Alistair. She's setting up well, some kind of group sex activity, I think you'll find. Well... Well, I don't believe she is because I think she's just flirting because one man takes umbrage to this. Well, and yes, but... slaps her in the face. Yeah. He is then... How how would you put it, Donald? Orally raped by a shoe. Her shoe? Yeah. Not just any <laughs> well, shoe. Yeah, not just a passing shoe. Like, while shoe. still on her yeah, foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her, yeah, her, yeah. her red high heel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I mean... I don't I, I don't know where the moral stance on that is. He ran up and slapped her for no reason that we're aware of. Yeah, yeah. Well she was I, I believe he took umbrage with her flirting and not following through. Or, or maybe he felt that she was flirting with the wrong person, inverted commas. Because it should have been with him. Do. I don't know. It was with all it looked, well, that's that's what I took. It was uh don't be just a flirt slap. <laughs> Oh well. I took it as dude. How you're could you ruining a good thing for slap. us. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that scene. That that is. Uh, you come back to, on a beach, yeah, by the you, way, bright like. Yeah. So it's 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 separate to the action that's actually happening. It's got different music and stuff. It's shot in a different way, and you come back to that uh, three times in the film, I think. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. So. Like, let's move on to the important stuff. What's with John Saxon's hat? Okay, you know John Saxon, he's the guy you recognise, because I recognise him too. He's that guy that's in other things. He gets this hat at the start of the movie, and he's like, he talks about it, he's like, look at my hat. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Then later on, he like, a cleaner nearly, <laughs> there's a cleaner nearby, and he's like, whoa, not the hat. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, really, he gets annoyed with the cleaner, really like, weird. he leaves his... <laughs> He leaves the hat in random places and gets pissed off when he almost loses it. I don't know it. what the metaphor is about the hat, okay, but it's entirely I I, I feel too present. I, I, feel it's just, <laughs> I feel it's a very just comedy kind of it's, addition It's not to this. funny, it's just, he just really likes his hat. It's a nice hat. But no, but really, I think that's what it's meant to be. I think it's a wee bit, like, it's meant to be a wee bit of comedy thrown into this. Okay. I didn't laugh. Let's, I was just like, he fucking loves that hat. A lot. He does love that hat. <laughs> Were you like he's he's going to be the killer because he loves his hats? Yeah. Well. Yeah. We're we're also introduced to um Peter the weirdest relationship in this movie, which is Peter Neal's uh, friendship with a journalist, uh, a gay journalist who uh, he meets for lunch, and they sit down. And they, she, she start, and he's like, "Oh, how are you?" And oh, it's been so long, and I can't believe it. And then she just launches into like, oh, wait, wait. "Your books are completely <laughs> sexist." And if you'll notice these things, and he's like, "No, my books are not sexist because I'm not a racist." And I was like, "Wait, what?" 
Peter. And then his like then his like agent steps in and he's like, no, no, John's if acting. you want to set up some time for, for for an interview, we can do this interview. And she's like, okay, we'll do an interview. And then they immediately just go, lunch then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. just start talking because yeah. they're old friends. The, it's it's some kind of it is some kind of book thing they're at, I'm sure. But yeah, she says, Tenebrae is a sexist novel, why do you despise women so much? As her opener. <laughs> But the, it, it's just it, it's the contrast between the yeah yeah she's an old family friend and a, and a so meddlesome so feminist. Peter <laughs> uh, Neal's troublesome. I mean, later on, so the hotel manager has a daughter that he somehow corrals into working uh, in the hotel, and like she goes to Peter Neal's place and fixes underneath the sink. And it's weirdly flirty. I mean, she he's got 40 years on her. And then, like, his Peter Neal's assistant is there, um, and she's talking to him about the girl, and he's like, that's jailbait, my dear. And I was like, oh, that, that phrase has rightfully so left common parlance. <laughs> it's... Uh, it- like it, 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 oh, it's just it's it's so weird that it got away with it being what it is. <laughs> hey, hey, a lot, of so shit, a lot of shit happened that should have been picked up on. But yeah, <laughs> blast from the past that phrase. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, yay! <laughs> it is a it is a basically split into two sections of Peter Neil promoting his new book. And Peter Neal helping the cops solve these murders. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the the murderer starts sending uh, envelopes to Peter Neal and they might have, like, pictures of a victim or something like that. And so that's how he kind of... I don't know if that's the only reason he kind of keeps getting interested in trying to help them, but he's also... There's a weird rivalry between him and the detective that's kind of hinted at because, like... Peter Neal's talking about how, oh, they, they I, sh- I shouldn't be involved. They'd think I'm just some meddlesome writer. Or what, what do I know? But then again, if I solved the case, wouldn't that be something? And the detective is like, detective reads Peter Neal's books. and Yeah, the detective's like a fan. Yeah, yeah, he reads like... his books. And at one point he says, oh, I guess the killer on page 30. And it's this weird kind of thing where they're kind of getting involved in each other's stuff. And kind of... Yeah, the... It's kind of a, a, a rivalry friendship. Who's smarter? Kind of yeah, it's it, it's very uh, because subtle. because as he's got the detective has a great admiration for the uh, Peter because he's like you know up until that point he's he's saying oh I've never managed I, you know I'm a detective and I pride myself in my work and I've never managed to guess the killer yeah. and it's only on the newest book yeah. where he goes like oh it was on page thirty yeah. I managed to, and he's so proud of it yeah. and like Peter's like you know I'm only a writer but you know these guys actually do the work but both are kind of like i can i can do the other better yeah, than yeah, the yeah. other yeah for sure yes yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a good it's a good kind of relationship that gets built up better than bilmer and his hat anyway <laughs> but and also bilmer's relationship with drink because uh he's he's offered a drink and he said oh i'd offer you a drink but you don't drink on duty right and he goes i only drink on duty <laughs> and it's like <laughs> all right and they they serve scotch and i say scotch because of the place where it is okay and i know they'd call it scotch in huge tumblers it's <laughs> just fucking huge, huge! Pint, pint, glass, pint glasses of whiskey going on here 
as a person that absolutely loathes <laughs> scotch <laughs> i oh my god i felt sick watching them now when you it's... talk about you liking it you should say whiskey for sure <laughs> just because i mean you you started it with a battle of scotch in my life, so uh... i'm sticking with it there is one thing i want to say before we delve into spoiler yes. warning um is that gianni peter neil's assistant while in rome yep is british <laughs> and it is hilarious <laughs> because his name is gianni and he lives in rome and he has the thickest british accent i've ever heard of my life and obviously for people who haven't seen this movie and aren't aware it is a uh, like our episode last week, it is a Italian movie where every single person is dubbed. Whether they spoke English or not, every actor is speaking their native tongue on set and then is dubbed over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just so weird that they got, who will we get for Gianni, the Italian <laughs> assistant? The deepest voiced British man you can find. <laughs> Oh yes, I'm. I can't wait to help you. And he's young. And he's as, so as a character, young. he's like really wide-eyed and happy the whole time. But also, yeah. also trying to get his end away. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. He's he's what you would expect out of a young, you know, vibrant Italian man in the prime of his life. You would not expect. You would not expect like Downton Abbey to come out of him. All right, Peter. <laughs> Oh dear. Right, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, Peter goes to a book interview uh, on TV. Yeah. And the host uh, gets, uh, he sits him down before uh, the interview and starts asking him like very um, deeper questions than you would expect of a TV interviewer about the book. And he says, oh, you know, it's, it's not for the interview. It's I'm a big fan myself. Um, and well, at the time, I thought that's nice. <laughs> like he does it just a way that's like he's just like you know the questions are not completely out there. Yeah. They seem questions that would be in line if you were a TV interviewer who actually enjoyed the work of whoever you. Were I mean, okay, for me, the amount of time he talks uh-huh. about perversion was kind of ringing my suspicion bell. It did a wee bit for me, but it gets touched upon so much yeah. about his books in general that I was just like, so his books are kind of horny. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, horny. I was like, yeah, you know, she, uh-huh, no, but, but outside, you know, pr- um, transgressive yeah. for 1982, it- Italy, yeah. horny. Yeah. You know, so probably anything outside... <laughs> missionary in the catholic church <laughs> horny and you've obviously got um the uh lesbian journalist who is saying you know she's got a very feminist look at it that's uh your books are just completely feminist he's like no i'm trying to push boundaries and it's it, it, that's why i d- didn't give it too much credence yeah. i was just like man his books are popular and everyone's <laughs> the detective is like you know, the detective was talking about the detective stuff. And yeah. I was like, these are just, he's just the best writer in the world, <laughs> according to this universe. Um, but that apparently is just too much. And Peter and is, while trying to solve the murder, is like, I'm going to go fucking spy on this guy. <laughs> uh, and takes Gianni along. Before um, Wait, just before that, I was going to mention the... Uh... 
bisexual, well, ambiguously sexual female couple at at home. What did you think of that shot where you are watching one from outside and then the camera pans around and then I can't remember the order. You either see the other half of the couple and then it pans around more and you see the killer snipping the uh, the window blinds thing. Or maybe you see the... It's the other way around. Yeah, it, you, you see, see the window snipping and go, pans all the way in. The other, like... And then you see the other woman, yeah. I... <sighs> I was like, this is... I found it gratuitous. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a good word for it. I mean, I found it impressive, but yes. dull. Because <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of the yeah. time you're looking uh-huh. at very close-up roof tiles. So as much as like... Or brickwork. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as... It, it was it, too long. They they yeah. were really happy with the the effect and the the, the ability to do I, yeah. it and use too much i mean it was probably it. It, it was probably as long as it well it's probably as fast as they could get the crane to move I mean, you could you could tell when the crane is moving the camera because at one point you can tell it kind of loops around and starts going back on itself if you know what i mean you just because because mm-hmm. the I, second I, I they should have sped that up they should have sped it up. well maybe yeah i mean i thought I, yeah yeah it, it is it was just, it's just too long it's just it's it's an impressive show. I was like, oh, this is pretty okay. I think, it, I think I, I read a bit about it afterwards. I think it was, it's not like it wasn't done before, but it was impressive for the budget they were working with, I think, is really more the Oh, thing. yeah. I, I believe this movie was not made for a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, I, I, again, impressive, but dull. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, well, <laughs> we agree on that. I really wasn't sure if we were going to. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine why we agree on everything, Donald. <laughs> so, Peter and Gianni. I wish I could just think of it. What, George? Johnny? <laughs> no, I was trying to think of an English name. Johnny's English, good English isn't name. it? Good, a good English name. John. It would be John. <laughs> John. Prince John. King John. Not English enough. Who? Nah. Peter and Gianni on a hunch, uh, decide to go to Bertie, the TV journalists, the uh, TV book reviewer, interviewer's yeah, he, house. Yeah, he lives nearby. I don't know if there yeah. was another piece of evidence other than he was weird <laughs> and he lives nearby. Nope. No, no. They seem to they seem to just be like, hmm, he seems pervy and yeah. likes my books. <laughs> mm. Not very many pervy people that like my books. <laughs> Not in Italy. Hmm. <laughs> So, uh, conveniently, they get there and he's burning all the evidence <laughs> in his big uh, floor-to-ceiling windowed house <laughs> in clear view, just burning evidence while going, I killed them all! Um, oh, wait, wait. Gianni sneaks round to see this um, and manages to see... Bertie get his head split by an axe. Uh, He doesn't get to see the splitter, just the splitty. He hears something. He hears a very feminine voice saying like, I killed them all. Or something like that. I killed them. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Right before before the the axe chopping. I think the evidence burning is when is earlier when the hotel manager's daughter is randomly chased by a Doberman into his garden and has to go into... Is it not? 
Oh no! No, I'm sure it's. Did they sneak into the thing? Oh and no! They... It's all scattered. Uh, it's all scattered around the garden after that because she like yeah. she just randomly bursted. She just luckily, coincidentally, happens to take refuge in the killer's house and then finds all his yes. polar an orgy of evidence, yeah. as you'd call it. Uh-huh. <laughs> just keep, oh, yeah, I think absolutely. if the police came around, they'd be like, "This is too <laughs> incriminating. Something's happening yeah. here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they might as well have selfies at the yeah. them at the murder scene kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, Janny uh, doesn't get to see who the actual murderer of Bertie is, yeah. and I, runs back. And to Peter Neil was knocked out. Oh. Conveniently on the lawn, didn't see anything. Soon as soon as that happened, I was like, right, he's the fucking killer. By the way, as soon yeah. as that yeah. happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're past spoilers, so I can talk completely oh, yeah. freely. Yeah, I didn't know exactly because based- I didn't know exactly what had happened, so I didn't guess the whole story or anything like that. But I was just like, "There's no fucking way he didn't knock himself out." They didn't. They don't even like question who did it. They're just like, "Let's get out no. of here." <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> what if you found the killer's if you found, dead? If you found me. <laughs> well, no, the killer was killed by someone actually. Yeah, exactly. The killer was There's killed a murderer by here. Yeah. There's a murderer. Uh huh. Right, there's a whole so, uh, there's a whole subplot that I don't even really I can't really be arsed talking yes. about, which is basically for the <laughs> between this point and twenty minutes before the end is pretty. It was dull to me. Mm. Like I know we're getting into a wee bit of a uh, what we thought and review, but like it lost you it, 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 in the sense that I didn't feel it was too relevant. It's oh, like there, it progress. There, there are some scenes that progress the story a bit, but generally it is just some more murders. Like it's a continuation of what we've kind of seen. There's a whole subplot with Peter Neal's wife, estranged wife. I was actually not entirely sure if they. I mean. Peter Neal has sex with his assistant. His wife, or slash maybe estranged wife, is in Rome having sex with his with Bulmer, John Saxon, with a fancy hat. And for some reason, she's decided to come to Rome. Just really, just so the movie can kind of be like, maybe she's got something to do with it. I mean, the voice you hear that's like, "I'm the killer." It definitely sounds feminine to me. So then there's all that kind of stuff. The, there's quite a good scene when Bulmer, John Saxon with the nice hat, is in a square waiting for, I think waiting for her, waiting for someone. And then he's kind of just watching the world go by. And the world seems awful. Like th- this version of Rome seems awful. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of shit he, happening. And so it, funny because he's like, Watching someone getting arrested, chuckle. Yeah, yeah, Watching yeah, a couple yeah, fight, yeah, yeah, chuckle. Yeah, yeah. There's a woman crying yeah, over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's all horrible, basically. And then someone just walks up and stabs him, basically, and then fucks off. You never, you never get to see who actually you, did you it. You see, you see the stabbing from the first, from first person. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's quite, um, that's quite a nice scene. Uh, there is also the dumbest scene in the whole movie. Oh my god! I hope where, this isn't a scene I like. Uh, where uh, don't. Peter goes to John's office 
and John and Peter have a, a meeting and he's like, oh, maybe you should get out of here. And, you know, it's, oh, yeah. you know, row. And he's like, ah, do you know what? Like, I might go to Paris or Berlin yeah. or something. And then he goes, oh, cool, I'll see you later, Peter. And then the wall opens up and out walks his wife. <laughs> and it's it's just a bit much. Like, she's in a secret room. In, and I'm sure it cuts uh, to a shot of a plane taking off and you're like, right, he's not on that. <laughs> I'm sure there's a two-second shot of a plane taken off to imply he's gone all the way to the airport and left and he didn't get to see any of it yeah so yeah she's running she's she's running around right but her presence leads to my favorite bit we're just skipping to the end here basically because fucking you know there's a lot of shit happening this movie she is sitting she's sitting in her i don't even know her flat house thing rental whatever and an axe comes through the window and chops her arm right off. And then she stands up and she's paint, blood's pissing out of it. And she's painting the wall with blood. I actually think that's that's actually how it was described by someone else. Maybe Quentin Tarantino, which I read later. But yeah, but that is how I would describe it anyway. She's literally pissing blood out of her stump everywhere. I was like, that scene's fucking brilliant. I loved it. <laughs> Model arm, yeah, clearly. I mean, it's not like perfect, but the style of it, awesome. Loved it. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a full on. I mean, I... that was the horror bit. That that was the horror bit because we were talking about this in the last one. If you don't cross the line somewhere, then these are just detective movies, and the yeah. other murders weren't really particularly oh, no. troublesome. No. Like, okay, you might get a throat cut, but I mean, you get that in thrillers. But they are the gratuitous you get that in CSI. Ar- yeah, the gratuitous arm chop off, blood. Barton everywhere, but with all yeah, by a what ra- essentially raincoated axe wielder like through yeah, a window yeah, out of nowhere, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it really brilliant. moves into. <laughs> uh, and then we find out through a series of unfortunate events that God, I don't, I don't even know how to summarize this. I don't know if you want to, Peter Neil. I'll give it a right, try. You give right, it a okay. try. What I took from it, and I don't know if this is correct, okay, was that Bertie the TV interviewer was the killer originally yes. and that Peter Neal found this out, yeah. used it against him, murdered him yeah. while uh, he was burning the evidence. Yeah, so, so, yeah. He was, so he was the, he was the ax killer uh, who killed the interviewer. That's who Gianni saw. Shocker. He ran in, killed him and ran out and lay in the ground. Yeah. Gianni, Gianni thought, Gianni heard someone say, I killed them all. And he thought that the killer was saying that to Bertie, but Bertie was actually saying that then Bertie gets an ax in his head. Yes. Yes. So you're correct. Yes. yes. Continue. Um, and then Peter Neal was like, do you know what? I'm just going to use these murders. I want to kill as my a wife con- <laughs> and my agent. I want to kill my wife and my business and my agent. They've because been they fucked screwing me over. around behind my back. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go kill them. And that would have been enough. But it just descends. And so you, you find out that the uh, beach scenes where the man is orally raped by a shoe... Uh, was a scene was uh, a, a a thing that happened in Peter Neal's yeah. life when he was younger, and he got revenge by stabbing the woman in a crowded place. 
Yes, hey. he really shouldn't. I mean, his big plan for killing Bill Murray, John Saxon with a nice hat was, I'm going to walk up to him in a crowded square and just stab him in broad daylight and run away. Internationally famous author yeah, Peter yeah, Neal. Yeah. <laughs> on book tour. On book tour, on TV, right now. And known to be in the I city. I mean, the girl at the start stole his book. It wasn't a bookshop she was in. It was just like a, like a pharmacy or like a grocery store or something. And they had a hundred copies of Tenebre out. So I mean, he's he's well known. Yeah, uh, um, I do like the moment before Bilmer gets stabbed because he does smile at whoever's about to stab him. Ah, uh, so you know it's someone. like he's greeting them. <clears throat> yeah, so you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you find out that the the. Peter Neal murdered this woman in revenge and kind of has a woman-hating streak Yeah, so the feminist at the start was completely fucking accurate also. Completely (laughs) right, yeah. Turns out that you can be sexist and not be racist. (laughs) Who knows? Who knew? Who knew? Thought you had to be both. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just... He just kind of loses his mind. Yeah, he, he accidentally kills his assistant, who by this point he slept with, yeah. Yeah. And then he he thinks it's he thinks it's the de- woman detective or something. I mean, he he talks later about how he's basically loopy though at this point anyway. And then there's there's a shot where the detectives in the the male detective is in this house, and you're looking at the detective, and then he bends down to pick something up or something, and Peter Neal is behind him, and he's almost perfectly silhouetted. So the effect should be that you don't see Peter Neal. But you can definitely see Peter Neal's ear on the left. And I did. So I was like, oh, Peter Neal's standing behind him. And then he <laughs> bent over and it was like, Brah! and I was like, oh, I really wish I hadn't noticed that that wasn't his ear. Fuck I, didn't know, I didn't notice the ear. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically everyone everyone dies but the two detectives. Yeah. Um, oh, and oh then... Peter Neal cuts his throat. Yeah. But then he yeah. didn't because it was a fake. But then razor. he didn't. <laughs> so you can't. Yeah, it, it, it's basically Peter Neal goes mental. Because, like, it's just completely unneeded. This, this, <laughs> him going mental. You could have just done it for revenge and used yeah, it. Like, I, that all makes I, more I, sense I, than an insane the, person. The, the razor blade thing was just an extra twist. Obviously, an extra. Who the? Why would he have a razor with holes, blood razor with holes in it and like a blood bag somewhere? So it squirts. <laughs> yeah. So he so he bends. Um, the 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 male cop comes in, bends down, and picks up the fake razor yeah. because Peter Neal's no longer there. Uh, they've gone outside. The, he's come back in. Peter Neal's no longer there. He picks up this fake razor. Oh, that's where that moment is. Yeah, is that where that moment is? a couple yeah. of squ- Yeah. Yeah. And then Peter Neal's behind ah. him and axe murders axe. him in the head. Yes. <laughs> and then how does this movie end? How does this movie end? The detective, the female detective waiting outside goes to go back in but the male cop has knocked over a, a, a sculpture onto the door ludicrous okay 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 it's, Peter Neal's waiting oh, right, no, with wait, an axe. hold on hold on the, scul- the sculpture is made of razor sharp stainless steel cones basically yeah yeah as most sculptures sculpture. yes a huge spiky sculpture yes continue and yeah it, it's been knocked against the door Peter Neal just waits with a, a, his axe. Not realising what could possibly be happening in this situation no, no. to him. No. And 
he runs forward she opens the door and it stabs him yeah well i mean i I think she forces it open with you know the force of the hulk plus hercules because it drives one of the spikes it knocks one of the spikes off the sculpture and drives it straight through peter neil's entire body and into the wall behind him so he literally is held up by this razor sharp cone of justice. Oh, so naughty. Sorry, it's not that it's not the female cop, it's Anne. It's the Oh yeah, it's the assistant. Yes. Because yes. because once Yeah. <laughs> because once she does that, she stands there and screams. Oh yeah, she screams the fucking house down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, yeah. for a good like minute ah, yeah, as yeah. the movie fades out yeah. into disco music. <laughs> no, the the theme, the good theme. Sampled by Phantom. Sampled by Justice, their song Phantom, I should say. Oh uh, yeah. So Pretty ludicrous. Well, let's talk about... Right, okay. So before I give my opinion... Okay. (sighs) Okay. Okay. I I want to break this up, okay? So I want to talk about the things that I noticed through this movie, right? So it's obviously got a big message about the degradation of society. That only really... I only really picked up on that when Bulmer was standing in the square, and you get to see all about how society is kind of crumbling in a way. Like everything, everything just seems shit. Everyone's kind of not happy with each other. But then you got like the, the homeless or vagrant men. Like you, like there's a, a tense moment like earlier when his assistant is just in a garage. And then something like there's like a sound, like a little crash. And then a guy just starts laughing at her and she gets in her car. This place is horrible. Like it's very aggressive yeah. everywhere. And there's also the tv host is talking about like society slipping into like perversion kind of thing so there's this whole theme where like society is kind of slipping down and coming a bit shit right i picked up on that this the issue i have with this film is it seems to be it's so full of stuff that i couldn't possibly have picked up on watching it first time i, I was smart enough to realize that there was stuff happening right but dumb way too dumb to realize what it was trying to tell me so like i did i looked up a bit after it because i was like what are the themes of this movie and then i watched it again to see right what are these actually bollocks so there's one thing i liked that i would never expect anyone to pick up on the first time they were watching it but it's cool it is cool there's a whole thing throughout this movie about duplication and you all you'd i think you'd have have to well i'm too dumb i'd have to know about it from it into it so peter neil and his assistant anne when they meet the two detectives in that room, they're kind of like mirrored because Peter Neal and the detective look, ex- they're dressed exactly the same when they meet each other. And Anne and the female detective are kind of dressed the same as well. And the way they move around the room, they're kind of mirroring each other. It's a really weird thing. And I never noticed it the first time. And then like their roles in the conversation is the same because it's the two men talking to each other and the two women are kind of not. But I mean, that's kind of might be telling of other things there's two encounters with the homeless men hey, there's hey, two hey. killers so... i'm not racist <laughs> there's two there's two killers even and then peter neil standing behind the detective as well that is really yep. cool right i've got a big issue though and my big issue is i could never i could never have appreciated that watching this film and it's not it's just not the funnest movie ever it's not like compared to so don't torture duckling was kind of fun and campy and it had stuff to say as well but this one, I found it a wee bit of a slog. It wasn't didn't quite have the camp factor or like the the middle drags a bit. Yeah, it didn't quite have the schlocky factor, and it's kind of disin. Like I don't want to give it a 
if I didn't real, if I just looked at it totally on face value, because the thing is this, this movie, like I looked up after and these aren't my opinions anymore. And I want to kind of make it clear that the duplication thing wasn't my opinion either, because I don't want to like come on here and just pretend like I'm smart. <laughs> but this, but so this movie is... Oh, don't worry, no one thinks Yeah, that. exactly. This movie is like a summary of Argento's career and his like playing with the form and stuff like that. And like uh, when the feminist is accusing Pierre Neal of being sexist it's actually because Argento was accused of being sexist and he was mm-hmm. like replying it and then it's weird that it turns out the guy is sexist so it's there's all this mm-hmm. shit going on so I think what I would say my opinion of this movie is do not fucking watch this as your second Jalo movie you should watch this after you watch all the other ones all the other Argento ones because it's like it's just got too much to say about what it is it's too kind of it's not meta but it's too, its comments and its themes are kind of too much to really, I like just going into it cold and not knowing any of this like I did, I didn't take away from it what I kind of should have. Do you know what I mean? And it's just not. F- yeah, no, totally. I, for me, it's one of those ones where like I could tell some, some of the things that were trying to, uh, messages he was trying to get through, but. I would have preferred he lean further into his themes than his story. Mm. I don't feel that the story is good enough to carry the themes. And if you focused a bit more, and I don't know how that looks, especially in an Argento movie, yeah. like, but something like Suspiria, where the story's kind of you're like bits and pieces here and there and like you've got you've got a basic frame but everything else is kind of just left up to yeah the themes and and what and and the acting and the set like you know that kind of stuff is what's pushed forward uh more than something like Suspiria than it is in something like this where I I just felt that the story was getting away getting in the way of what he actually wanted to put across yeah Listen, I think, I don't know if you have, but uh, you should go on the wiki of this film and other places to read up on some analysis. This is set in the near future after a post-apocalyptic event has happened. There's been a nuclear bomb. (laughs) You're frowning at me now. Yeah, Argento's confirmed this as well. So... (laughs) Did Did you get that at all? No, but that doesn't mean it's not there. That's my point. No, that's why. That's why this is... That's why I'm loath to... No, no, 100%. See, see, 100% see on IMDb, just... I've not actually assigned this a star rating because I really don't know what I would do with it because it just seems like... It just seems un- impossible for me to rate. It's a five in theory, but in practice, that seems unfair. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because I can tell yeah. it's of quality. And I think that's the difference. So, uh, And I could tell that I could probably watch it five more times and read stuff about it. And I, I might get a lot out of it. The problem is, it's just... I'm just not compelled enough to do that. It doesn't grab me enough to do that. But yeah, yeah, sorry. Apparently, yeah, everyone... So he fil- So calling back to Possession, he deliberately filmed it in kind of that weird kind of brutalist architecture, all concrete and stuff on purpose. And every, everyone's tense and kind of... The streets are empty. All this is on purpose because apparently there's been some... I don't think he said it was nuclear war, but he said it was some tumultuous, catastrophic event. And I think maybe it was surmised or something. Somehow it came up, it was a nuclear detonation. And now society's rebuilding after that. It's so weird. (laughs) 
yeah, yeah, you're looking at me now, like right. Okay. One, right. The one thing I w- the one thing I won't agree with out of all that is that the streets are empty. Well, every time there's, there's a goddamn murder, people get. People <laughs> so there's people the, yeah, yeah, there's the square. Well, see, this you'd have to go back and all that stuff. Like I like I said, I watched it twice. They're still. It's just oh god. Anyway, I find this movie impossible. I was looking forward to this actually because I was like, I don't, I honestly have no idea what I think of this film, but I'm probably never gonna watch it again. <laughs> and what's it called? Tenebre. Yeah. Tenebre. <laughs> so I suppose that's my review. I'm never gonna watch it again, and I don't know if I liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Did I enjoy my time watching it? No. So I guess that's a probably that probably says yeah. more than. I need to worry about really yeah fell asleep the first time <laughs> <laughs> to be fair you fall asleep really i was very well. tired you fall uh, you have mild narcolepsy i should clarify i fell asleep the first time put it right back to before i was feeling sleepy watched it again then watched it again so yeah yeah i tried Good. i tried um yeah uh I enjoyed parts of it. I did. I enjoyed parts of it, but I feel it just like I feel like started if, dragging at a point. I feel like if we'd, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe I feel like if we'd watched this last, if we'd watched all of Argento's other movies, I mean, it's unrealistic, but and then watched this, I don't feel this is the movie you watch to get into these films or his films. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you can't. But you can't. We're never like you because you can't recapture the first watch of this film again. We fucked ourselves. <laughs> we should have watched Suspiria. Can't put the genie back in. Well, I can blame you. We should. You were the one that said last time. Oh no, no, we'll watch Tenebrae. Suspiria. We'll do a special. We'll watch the old one and the new one. I was like, right, okay, we'll watch Tenebrae next time. It's on. It's that's not in really, the public to me now. Like it's on record. <laughs> you could have you you could have given me two different options. Listen, the thing is, I try my best to know as little as possible about the films we watch, and I think like, on this one I fucked myself over a bit. Your own fucking yes. Ah oh, well, we'll get lo- we'll get loads of hate now because it's a masterpiece and we're ignorant. What can you do? I'm not saying I'll never watch it again. Uh, Maybe after I've watched, I'm not going to watch it again. Well, yeah, exactly. You're not like here. yeah, but in the sense that like there are mo- I do believe there are movies that you need to watch more than once to get yeah, yeah. everything out of, and that doesn't always have to be like super arty. It can be any movie, but yeah, yeah. So this is all like for me. Very often, it's first takeaways. Oh, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will not apologize for that, Donald. <laughs> Um, well, uh, Baldanello Giorgio disagrees with us. Wait, uh, wait, wait, hold on. I assume all the reviews are going to say this is a masterpiece because I'm pretty sure it's held up as being a masterpiece of the genre. Nah, that's not how this works. Oh, mate. nice, great. Nah, 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 nah. One thing I will say is that most of the reviews uh, that were five. 10, 5 out of 5 or 10 out of 10 were exceedingly long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised by that. A lot of that. them just were recapping the plot and that's not useful. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even we realised that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It took us three episodes, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Baldanello Giorgio uh, disagrees with us. He gave it five stars and said, very good, everything perfect. <laughs> Wait, on IMDb? What? Or on Amazon? That's none of your business. Well, it's five out of five or five out of ten, so... Oh, five out of five. five uh, <laughs> one, out, one out of five. One out of five. Wait. One out of five. One out of five people yeah, say one. One out of five. No, it was a five out of five. <laughs> what are you doing? I've lost it. I've lost it. Did you have it? It's my... Uh, oh, shake it off. Keeping all that in. Carry on. Very good, everything perfect. Very good, everything perfect. How did I know uh, this that? One from, <laughs> this one comes from uh, uh, IMDb. Uh, one out of ten. Nice. Six out of 18 found this helpful. Wow. One, one in three. One in three. Can you take this axe out of my head, please? <laughs> Awful. Yes, it is. Don't argue. This has got to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Seriously, even the so-called gore is lame. It might have been more horrific if it wasn't for the diabolical early 80s electro <gasps> soundtrack, no! which did nothing but remove any viability there might have been in this oh movie, actually god. having been to set suspenseful ambience. That was one sentence. Oh my god! <laughs> they hate the theme? It's just a really bad movie. There's no two ways about it. Inferno I enjoyed more, but it is not without its flaws. I think Suspiria is my favourite. Oh, that's strange. So he likes other Argento movies. Is this the same? Is this the one out of ten guy? See, this is all the same review. He he likes Suspiria and enjoys Inferno enough, but this he's actually one out of tening. Like, like I would have assumed it was just some guy that happened on this and isn't particularly interested in anything like this fucking movie. How weird. How weird. I think the lowest IMDb rating I've ever submitted is a four. Or maybe, no, it was a two. Yeah, but you hate ones and tens. Or ones and fives. Or yeah, like you hate two, all or nothing. It's too arbitrary. Two out of ten was two. Uh, what was that shit when we watched from Pride Fest? What was that shit film we watched on Five Press? Anderson was Falls. What, Anderson yeah. Falls. Uh, quick review of Anderson Falls. Don't watch Anderson Falls. Not a horror movie. <laughs> we watched it during Fright Fest. Should have been a horror movie. Wasn't. Was terrible. Visible drone shadows. <laughs> You're keeping all this in. That's this the bo- only thing. This is a bonus review. Yeah, no, I am. I'm, t- I'm trying to look up my... <laughs> what the fuck did I write about? Did I even write anything about it? Oh, I'm sure you... Oh, no, oh, it was very late, and we had to run for a taxi. While he's doing this, yes, Glasgow Fright Fest. This Anderson Falls should have opened the second day, ended up closing the day because of technical issues, and we stayed. Wish we hadn't, because it meant that it was starting at, like, midnight or 1 a.m. and finishing at 3 a.m., and it's fu- <laughs> it's awful. It was awkward. Remember that guy in front of us that just kept shaking his head (laughs) (laughs) and sighing. (laughs) Everyone was laughing Uh, at it. Anyway, 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 huge tangent. So yeah, that's that's pretty much your your two reviews. That's what you're getting. (laughs) Very good, everything perfect. Then one out of ten from an Argento fan. (laughs) Apparently. Oh dear. Oh. Oh, I've got some trivia. 
You do? I do. He does. Let's... I'm going to say it now and let's carry this on through all episodes, but I'm not going to say it for every episode. I want to take the trivia section with a grain of salt because, honestly, I find it hard to... Okay, so apparently in Germany, the film is still banned after 25 years of release. It's never Germany's been... weird about that stuff. Uh, yeah, true. But trying to Google a source for that just led me in a circle. So I have absolutely no idea if that's actually true or not. And it made me think about all of these things. Christopher Walken was considered for the lead role. That would have been fun. Maybe that would have got us to watch it with a slightly more, I don't know. Would he have been, he would have been dubbed. It would, have, would have been the weirdest yeah, thing in the world. Yeah, How are you going to dub that rhythm? <laughs> he would have had to do it himself. But then can he do that twice? <laughs> he might be like, do I say stuff like that? <laughs> that how I talk? <laughs> Christopher Walken's never watched himself perform. He has no idea that that is how he speaks. He's like, why do people keep doing all these mean impressions of me? Uh, when this movie was released in Britain, they had posters. So in they had posters for the film, and it was like a black and white arty shot of like a woman kind of on her back, just kind of from the like clavicle up, and she's got cut neck and a tiny thin tiny thin cut neck a tiny thin dribble of blood but they didn't like it so in the uk they replaced it with like a red bow and i much prefer the red bow poster for some reason i don't know why i just do i mean and the color red kind of ties into the shoes i don't know i liked it i mean it's probably just better poster design no but the uh, yeah but the bow came because they were yeah, they but, the but they, it. it was the 80s. Like, it was an 80s <laughs> horror movie. They didn't, like, you've seen I suppose, most of yeah, the covers yeah, for yeah. 80s horror yeah, movies. Like... They didn't put a lot of... It was just like, bleh. Like, <laughs> well, this, this is one this where is, they were like, right, we're kinda, forced to yeah. do something else. This is kind of... So. This this was kind of like... It wasn't gratuitous, but yeah, I did quite like the bow poster. Um, and yeah, Dario Argento was very impressed with Possession. And apparently that's... what. I, influence for the kind of like the look of it and stuff and then you get into the nuclear war stuff which we're not going to touch on again because i keep saying nuclear war i should i should say some kind of <laughs> some kind of catastrophic catastrophic event yeah yeah an apocalypse of sorts of sorts <laughs> is it an apocalypse if it doesn't, or other is it an apocalypse if it doesn't kill everyone i genuinely don't know i mean the, 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 what apocalypse in fiction has killed everyone well, has there been an apocalypse? I don't know. In fiction, I said. <laughs> uh, I don't tend to... Uh, I don't know. Didn't in Walking Dead. But that's, the, that's the apocalypse. Right, okay, fine. So it doesn't need to kill everyone. Good. Glad we've covered yeah. that. <laughs> that's staying in. Other films to watch. On you go. Well, the obvious thing would CSI. be Suspiria, but I've not seen it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to say Possession. I'm going to say... CSI. You should go watch Possession and then listen to our episode about Possession. That's what I'm going to say. And you can't Always fucking stop me. Well, I mean, it influences... I actually can stop you. I edit this. It, it, number one, it influences this film. Number two, I've not seen any other Argento movie. <laughs> number three, if you want to watch a Jell movie you've not watched Don't Torture Duckling for some reason, watch that instead. But then why are you here? <laughs> 
yeah if you've somehow come to us and you've watched Tenebri and you've not watched Don't Torture a Duckling I feel slightly sorry for you but give Don't Torture a Duckling a try and if don't write re- off if you're watching, if you're listening to these episodes in reverse order boy you're in for a treatment <laughs> <thing. laughs> yeah yep yeah done and dusted done and dusted right where are we, go- where are we going next right. Donald <laughs> I say done and dusted <laughs> <laughs> Donald it's so warm in Rome you're gonna hate me in Roma you're gonna hate me so we've watched two very inverted commas worthy movies right worthy yeah okay they both had messages they both had things to say I feel like a palate cleanser yeah yeah <laughs> yeah an Italian planet cleanser we're doing a part three <laughs> I'm sorry oh Italy I'm sorry I just can't get Cemetery Man out of my head, okay? The Cemetery Man, a.k.a. Uh, Delamorte Delamore, which is Rupert Everett as a caretaker for a graveyard where the dead are rising. It's a comedy horror, 1994, okay? I just want to watch it, so unfortunately you're going to have to watch it too and then we're going to have to discuss it. That's how these things work. That I promise we're going to leave Italy, and I also promise that there will not be. I, well, okay, I'm not going to promise for sure, but the amount of two and three farters we're going to have is now basically null and void. Okay, we're going to ro- we're going to race through the rest. I promise. Your foot, my foot's going to be on the gas. You know, if we have, if, do you know if we have, if we stay any longer in Italy, they're going to get us done. Unfortunately, for we're staying. Brexit violations. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're staying. After after the next one, I've, I've managed after to the next one, we're high tail now if you're, and I'm gonna make harsh, tough decisions about the movies we're watching and the particular countries we're watching in. Austria, one film. Germany, one film. Yeah, it's all gonna be fine. The Netherlands, one film. Never get out of another two parter. Okay, I promise. But after we have this three parter, then rocketing. I promise. Please forgive me. I look forward to our next uh, two parter coming up <laughs> in whatever country we visit next. But for now, uh, I mean, we're probably going to be recording this one from the border, so I'm just going to dunk my head into this battle of scotch. You can start driving. We'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. (laughs) That was just one long, unbroken sentence that just got more depressed. I'm very sorry. Bye. Bye. Bye.